Hi, y'all. I'm Bridget. And I'm Maddie. Welcome. <laughs> okay, sorry. That sounded really lame. <laughs> Maddie. I'm Maddie. Okay, go again. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Okay, sorry. Bridget. And I'm Maddie. Welcome to Batty Breakdowns, where we hang out, have fun, and play games all the way to the end. We're happy you're here. Today, we're going to talk about The Last of Us, the game and the new show on HBO. We're going to start with sharing a short description of the game, talk a little bit about who made it, how it was made, its critical reception, and then we're going to deep dive on the game and our experience playing it. Closing with if we recommend it, who we recommend it to, and our personal rating for the game. And then we're also going to do something super similar, but a shortened version of that for the Mm -hmm. first two episodes of The Last of Us TV show that just started airing on HBO. So with that, let's protect Ellie. (laughs) I saw that and I was like, she doesn't need protecting. (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) Okay, so game description In a ravaged civilization where infected and hardened survivors run rampant, Joel, a weary protagonist, is hired to smuggle 14-year-old Ellie out of a military quarantine zone. However, what starts as a small job soon transforms into a brutal cross-country journey. Did you write that yourself? PlayStation wrote that. Oh, okay. That was on the PlayStation (laughs) PDP for the game. Uh, And PDP stands for Product Detail Page. (laughs) There you go. All right. So how it's made. Yeah. yeah. I was really excited to do this how it's made because The Last of Us won. It was my very first game on PlayStation ever in my whole life. I know. I know. Thank you. I did manage to get a PS5. That was not actually that hard. So not anymore. No, I got it from like Walmart or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was excited for it because it was such a cinematic game and I love like movies and film and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was excited to see how they did do like the making of it. It's super interesting. Starting at the beginning, The Last of Us was released on PlayStation 3 originally back in like 2013 mm-hmm. by Naughty oh, wow. Dog. Yeah, it was, it's an older game. There are three versions of it, which we'll talk about, so it doesn't feel that old. Okay. But uh, it was re- released back in 2013 by Naughty Dog, which is an in-house studio for PlayStation. And at the time, they were mostly well-known for their Uncharted franchise, which was, you know, super popular. Mm-hmm. Since- Wait, also, didn't they do Crash Bandicoot? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. That's Based- where, that's how I know them. I, I have also never played Crash Bandicoot. I grew so. up playing Crash okay. Bandicoot. Okay. Yeah. Very much so. All of PlayStation everything is new to me. Although, was, wasn't Crash on more than just PlayStation or did I make that No, up? it was just PlayStation. Oh, okay. okay. I, I was a PlayStation gal before I started working at Xbox. Oh, yeah. I was a Nintendo girl before I started working. I mean, I also yeah. did Nintendo, but like... Growing up, we had a Sega Genesis, a Nintendo, and a PlayStation. Gotcha. Never did Xbox. My brother had an Xbox 360, but I didn't play it. I only played all of our, like, Nintendo stuff. But, yeah. yeah. So the release of the original game, or since that release, there has been two remasters, as well as the sequel. Mm -hmm. The first remaster was released only a 
year after the first game. Oh. Yeah, and the reason for that, my hunch, is that the PS4 came out in 2014, and so The Last of Us came out the last year of the PS3 generation, Mm. and it was probably, like, since it did so well critically, I can see why they were like, hey, with the new tech, let's make another version of it. Mm -hmm. But that version, I think, is pretty close to the original. It was just taking advantage of, like, the new PS4 Mm -hmm. tech that existed. And then if you fast forward to 2020, they released The Last of Us Part Two, which Mm -hmm. was the sequel. And then in 2022, so just this past, like, I think September or something, they released The Last of Us Part One, which is the original game. Mm -hmm. But it was a total remake that used a lot of the upgraded visuals that they had created for Part Two. Oh. Yeah. And so actually, like, we had Chris start a scene of The Last of Us Part Two, so I could kind of see what it felt like once this game was over. It looks exactly the same, like, character-wise. Did you buy Last of Us Part One? Yeah. I played oh, Part One. I bought Last of Us Remastered. Yeah, so... Is the story different? No. So that's, I I have a little bit on the differences between the two because that was the thing that was most confusing to me when I was trying to figure out which one I wanted to play. Mm. So The Last of Us, the original one in 2013, the remaster version of the one that you played was a 2014 version. Mm -hmm. And then the part one is the same thing like story wise, but it pretty much uses that new like upgraded visuals, some new mechanics from the part two game. So they aligned the UI to match more similarly to part two. Hmm. And then they had some little like tweaks and level redesigns, some different animations that they had. And the overall just like visual aesthetic of it was made to like take more advantage of the new like PlayStation 5 visuals. And the like last little bit that was a little different which you probably didn't play if you did the remake version, is they had a DLC back for the original. Oh, my remaster included the DLC. Oh, it did? Okay, that's good. Okay, okay. Because, like, Left Behind for the original one wasn't included. It was a DLC. So it must be included in the remake. It was also included in part one. There was a little bit of controversy with the fact that they had remade (laughs) The Last of Us so many times in, like, nine years. Because you're like, okay, do you really need to make a game that many times? I kind of formed an opinion on it, which was... I think that in nine years, video games have come so far Mm -hmm. that, to me, the visual aspects of this game are so important that I could see why, after making part two, they were like, hey, we have all this stuff. And they probably knew a TV show was coming, you know? Totally. And so they're like, hey, let's just make it better than it is right now for... Like, it's all about storytelling, and it's so much about cinematics that I can see why they did it. And for me, I loved playing it I thought it looked like a next gen game I have no qualms with the fact that they made a new one especially as someone who played for the first time if you played the original one I don't know if it's worth the value because I'd never played the original but yeah yeah because it was the price of a full game oh it was 60 bucks yeah mine was 20 yeah exactly like it was it was a lot of money yeah yeah so cool. I'm excited to see clips that you do. Yeah. And I want to see the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I recorded like my entire gameplay this time because I was like, I'm not replaying this whole game to get clips. So to talk a little bit more about the actual how it was made, I wanted to put in some extra time because I know that so many people love this game so much and there is so much content because people love it so much. And so I'm going to try and distill it 
if there are, is more that you guys would like to read or learn, then I do have the links to the things that I watched and read. So we can put those in the show notes. Perfect. A lot of the information that I'm going to talk about was actually a part of the documentary that PlayStation released. And it looked like they had actually filmed that during the making oh, of cool. the first original Last of Us. So you got like clips of them all the way through production and development. It was super interesting. That is cool. And um, I got a little bit also from the director's commentary. Mm-hmm. So once you finish the new part one you have the option to replay with all the cinematics having a director's commentary on it oh yeah and so you can watch all of that online on youtube which is what i did because i didn't want to replay it all i didn't have time yeah but um you can they have a lot of bonuses and extras and that is one of the things yeah so first thing i want to talk about is that the last of us really revolutionized at the time this cinematic experience that took set design and visuals and these cutscenes acting all the way to even like the camera angles they used to they use the term like grounding to like ground this game mm-hmm. into like realism and really make you feel what the characters were feeling mm-hmm. and the whole idea was pitched by Neil Druckmann who is the creative director yep. and Bruce Staley I think I'm saying that right the game design director, their goal wasn't, you know, let's make a cool zombie shooter game. Yeah. Their goal was actually to tell this post-apocalyptic story about the developing relationship between two people, you know, Ellie and Joel in this mm-hmm. case. And so much of the game and the direction of the game and the choices that they made when they were creating it is centered just around these characters, their growth, and making sure that whatever the players were doing, they were doing it to feel more about what they would be feeling, see Mm -hmm. more of their growth, and grow with them. And a lot of choices were made in the game in order to, like, express that. So I'll give an example. One of the really cool things that I saw was that they took this idle animation for Ellie, and over time, the idle animation changes as the game goes on because she gets more comfortable with Joel. So at the beginning, during her idols, she'll sit there and she'll like hold her elbow and be like waving yeah, back like, and forth. Like kind yeah. of fidgety. Fidgety, yeah. yeah. And then at the end, she's standing a lot more confidently and like exploring on her own and looking around and stuff. And it's so that you can kind of see the fact that she's gotten more comfortable with Joel. She's gotten more confident and exploring her environment. And so they did like little things throughout the game. To That's make. cool. Yeah, I know. And, and when I played, I don't think that I consciously noticed that no I don't think I did either but I think it all goes together to building an environment that feels believable and I will say that the environment felt totally believable another part of this cinematic experience that they built were all about the actors themselves Mm -hmm. and the roles that they performed were done via motion capture I'm going to use the term mocap oh really yeah yeah and so if you're unfamiliar with mocap they use it in movies all the time so generally it's used for things that need like high levels of visual effects that have like human movement or el- like animation that mm-hmm. are needed. So as an example, if you've seen like Lord of the Rings, Gollum was all mocap. The idea is that you put these ridiculous suits that are covered in balls, like ping pong balls pretty much on actors, and then you capture their movements and then use those movements to actually animate the 3D character model in a way that feels a lot more natural. And you usually capture a lot more of the like micro movements and mm-hmm. making it more believable that way. 
So they did a really interesting combination of mocap and hand animation. They had this goal of they wanted to capture those subtle nuances of character movement so that you could be like her eyebrows raised in that moment and you saw the eyes sag and like, you know, so that it really felt like a human was there like doing the acting for you. Mm -hmm. The actors that did the voice acting also did the mocap. And so, yeah, they like totally like made a movie they made a movie Mm -hmm. and in this documentary you could see the whole mocap stage that they had set up they had like little plastic guns they had on the 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 dumb mocap suits and i fully acted out these scenes and they motion captured all the bodies but not the faces so the hand animating that they did was they had animators rewatch these scenes over and over again and animate the faces in the video game by hand based on them filming. Is there a reason they split the face? Okay. Yeah, so yes, they split them specifically because the studio had seen other video games do mocap on faces and it doesn't do the tiny nuanced like pieces. Like the mocap will capture the fact that they were like smiling or frowning or whatever. It won't get what you really want exactly and Mm -hmm. since this was so much about how the characters were feeling and at the end of the day this really was like a drama right yeah and you couldn't tell that story without those like little subtle nuances cool yeah it was really cool and it was fun as someone who really likes film to see it be used in a video game i was like what a cool job yeah (laughs) like i want to be a voice actor that does that it looked really cool as a part of the actual voice acting i wanted to talk a little bit about the actors themselves Mm because there were a couple interesting Yeah. First, I want to talk about Joel. So Joel was voice acted by Troy Baker. And the the fun thing that I just want to note about him, because it is just, it's weird. It's interesting. He is this tall, slender, blonde dude. Oh. Yeah. Like, he's kind of pretty. Like, he looks like he could be maybe, maybe not a model, but maybe a model. Like, he doesn't look at all like what you would expect Joel to look like. Whoa. You're right. He does yeah. kind of, he looks kind of like Bradley Cooper. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's weird. He does not look like Joel. No. The other voice uh, actors and actresses that I want to talk about, a lot of people were actually pretty well known when I watched them. I don't want to get in too much into each of them. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the voice actress for Tess. So today, unfortunately, before Maddie and I were going to record this episode, the actress Annie Wershing died from cancer, which cancer sucks. She was the voice actress for Tess. And in the documentary that we watched, the role of Tess actually took a while to be cast. And some people like Ellie, they knew right away. And then Ellie was in a ton of the other auditions. But the a voice actress for Tess, they said as soon as Annie walked through the door in the first read, she was supposed to walk through as Tess, like in that first scene that Joel and Tess meet. They're like, oh, this is Tess. Oh, Annie nice. is Tess. So yeah. like the, way, the way that she carries herself, a strong female presence. Yeah. And also has this softness to her on stage. And they said that she was just an absolute light and an ex- absolute joy. And so I wanted to call her out a little bit here because there are a lot of wonderful people that worked on this project and yeah. it's always sad when we lose somebody that's super talented and she really young 45. really young yeah mm-hmm. um and so I wanted to make sure that she had her space here and yeah 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 
So the second voice actress I wanted to talk about was the actress that played Ellie. Mm-hmm. So it was Ashley Johnson, and I don't know if she's fam- too familiar to you, but um, she also acts in other things as well. She's acted in other video games. And what I really found interesting about Ashley, in this documentary and in all these articles I read, you'll see all this stuff about how The Last of Us was really a game that focused on these strong, complex, like, women characters. Yeah. Which, you know, like, I feel like we've probably probably talked about this before that women in video games are kind of disappointing sometimes yeah I feel like sometimes they can be a prop it's, they're they're either like a pitch or they're like a pushover right? or something. like it's, yeah. it's weird it's, they play a role but they're yeah. not like complex yeah 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 sometimes I was I was actually thinking about how we were talking in in the Somerville episode about how the dog was a prop that has followed you around I was a little worried Ellie was going to be that if I'm being honest with you mm-hmm. but before the game was actually released they did these early reads to audiences on like hey here's the concept of the game would you play it and the main feedback they got from people was that this game sucks no one wants to play it nobody wants to like tote around a 14 year old girl and the only reason that it got made is because the playstation people were like no i think it's going to be good anyway do it anyway yeah but like everybody hated it and so when you see all this stuff and hear all this stuff about how strong ellie was and how complex that she was along with the other women like marlene like tess they have this bit in this documentary where they're talking about the very first scene that Ashley shot as Ellie. It was a scene where she was getting yanked from a car and Joel had to come and save her. And during this scene, in the original writing, Ellie was just supposed to like wait. Like she was just supposed to wait around before like Joel came in and helped save her. And Ashley shot at a few takes and then was like, this is wrong. I would hit him. I want to hit him like Ellie would hit him. And apparently, Ashley pushing back on the fact that Ellie was just waiting around there to be saved, kind of like a prop, they rethought a ton of scenes after that point with Ellie in it to be like, no, you're right. She would play a more active role and she would be a lot more of an aggressive, not in a bad way, but you know, like she would play a lot more of this active role in the actual gameplay there. And I, I... I really appreciate and wanted to give a shout out to Ashley, the actress, by defining this part of Ellie. And I'm sure that like the writer, Neil Druckmann, who I mentioned earlier, I'm sure that he deserves some credit because there were a lot of strong women in, in this game. But part of me does wonder, like, what was Ellie supposed to be like? What would she have been like if yeah, it wasn't Ashley? Yeah, that's really Ashley? interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because it seemed like she brought so much of who Ellie was into the character. Yeah. And it just reminds me of why we need women in the first place to be in these spaces. Because totally. they help create that. And so, I don't know. I really appreciated Ashley after that. that. I know. It was just Yeah, it was that's fun. really cool. Yeah. There's a lot more that I could talk about. I think a lot of it requires context of the game, so I was just going to sprinkle in some fun facts. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, based on all that kind of fun stuff. So The Last of Us, I kind of mentioned this earlier, ridiculously high reception. Totally. 95 on Metacritic with a 9.2 user score. It was yeah. nominated for 13 DICE Awards. Did um, it win Game of the Year? It did win Game okay. of the Year. Um, it won 10 of the awards, actually, 10 of the 13. Oh, my gosh. And then um, it won Game of the Year and a ton of other reward show also. Like, it was just, it did great. And the majority of the reviews that I read were all pretty much the same thing. Like, wow, this is an amazing game. Everyone should play it. Depth of the world was amazing. Mm-hmm. The narrative and the characters, how the story was laid out was all something that just like blew people away. Yeah. 
the very few criticisms which I saw, which again, like the people that were criticizing this game still gave it like an eight and a nine out of 10. Like yeah. this wasn't like a, we hated the game. This was like, this was an amazing game. Here's maybe the one nitpicky thing. Yeah. And it was mostly the AI and how it ignored your companion. So like when you were playing with Ellie, <laughs> she would like run into the dude and he's yeah. like, I can't find them anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it but was that's mostly good that. though. <laughs> I, I think the gameplay would have been impossible if you also were getting like stuck anytime Ellie was doing something dumb. I think that was the main critique I saw was just like, hey, it kind of took me out of it when I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Which but also. Yeah. yeah. But again, they were giving it nines and eights. So it wasn't like they were saying. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'll read one review that I think captured the spirits of or the spirit of all the other ones that I read. Um, a gripping story about human survival and the reignition of love and a bittered heart. The voice acting is perfect. Facial animations are top notch. And the protagonist becomes a very real person as the story progresses. The graphics are pretty much the best current consoles can offer. The art direction can best be described as dreary, perfect for a post-apocalyptic setting. I also love the sound design and the minimalistic soundtrack, producing melancholic instrumental music that really gets you in the right mood. The story is thrust forward using in-game dialogue sections, cutscenes, and various items you find, such as pamphlets and notes. Overall, the fiction feels very real, thrillingly able to suspend my disbelief with the mature story. Wow. Yeah, which I thought was nice. They did our job. Yeah. Okay, podcast over. Bye. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. You're that was, for a that was it. <laughs> There's the breakdown right there. But yeah. Beautifully worded. Yeah. So I, I hope to sprinkle some more fun facts because I've got them. But yeah, let's start talking about it. Why don't we do first impressions, Maddie? I think you're up. Okay. <laughs> so my first impressions, to give context, the only thing I knew about The Last of Us was that there was a character named Joel, there was a character named Ellie, mm-hmm. and the game was about the two of them, and they were like battling through like a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's about I, what I knew. I yeah. didn't really know anything else. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that you... S- start as is Joel's daughter mm-hmm. not Ellie mm-hmm. and so my first impressions was uh oh this girl <laughs> is not Ellie and I think she's probably gonna die <laughs> so sad. and this is very intense mm-hmm. I really liked the daughter character mm-hmm. they in such a short amount of time you really connected with her. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a really good job of doing that and also setting the scene of kind of things devolving in the span of like a single day. Mm-hmm. And it was just very well done. I don't know. It was just very well done. And yeah, um, that opening was just woof, it heart-wrenching. Was. Yeah, that was identical. I... I was confused. I didn't think that Sarah was going to die. I just thought that I was confused because I was like, I thought, I thought she looked different. And, and so I was confused a little bit because I was like, really? Oh, okay. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, this feels weird. And then as the time went on, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to end pretty poorly. But it was also so beautiful. The scene they had where you drive by a farmhouse on fire. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. It was just, I was in a movie. It was so good. And you're totally right. Like, it reminded me of how I felt when I watched Up. Just, Mm -hmm. like, so quickly, so efficiently get you connected to the characters and get you sobbing, like, right away. And, man, they nailed it. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they did. Also, they're in Texas. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Which is important for you. And I'm from Texas. So, you know, have to shout that out. (laughs) 
<laughs> I will say the music too right off the oh, bat. Oh, so good. Yeah. And here I'll sprinkle in my first fun fact. The composer, Gustavo, doesn't know how to read or write music. What? Yeah. He plays all of the instruments. He just plays them. He doesn't know how to read, write, or music. Whoa. Okay, that wasn't the fun fact that yeah. I had. So yeah. we have different fun facts. It wasn't great. Well, you can give your fun fact. But I just thought that was so cool. And like in the documentary, they showed him playing all these different instruments. And they were all crazy cool instruments. And he just doesn't know how to read or write music. And I love that so that's much. That's so wild. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so wild. Yeah. Cool. I wanted to ch- chat a little bit about the scene right before where Sarah dies. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was a really interesting depiction of like military men following orders. Mm -hmm. So in the game, if you haven't played it, essentially what happens is Sarah, Joel, and Joel's brother, Sarah is is Joel's daughter, and Joel's brother, Tommy, are trying to just get out Mm -hmm. of the city and shit is just going down. There's zombies everywhere. There's explosions everywhere. There's people running all over the place who aren't infected. And it's just like a madhouse. And they finally come upon a river and they run into a guy who is in the military. Mm-hmm. And he tells them to stop. And they're like, oh, like we're not infected. We're not infected. We're not sick. And then the military guy is just like, keep your hands up. And he gets a thing on the radio and he's like, yeah, we have two civilians, a dad and his his daughter. Mm-hmm. And then he hears something and he's like, can you repeat? Here's something again. And he's like, sir, she's just a kid. Mm. Repeat. OK, heard it. And then he shoots them. Yeah. Mm. The the what, what I was thinking about for this one was the officer at the time we're trying to build up this like quarantine zone and mm-hmm. keep the infected in. And if they let them out, they're going to go off and you're going to spread the infection. Mm-hmm. And so even though they said, I'm not infected, I'm not infected. I mean, like, shoot, we just lived through a pandemic. Like, you know how many people got on those stupid airplanes and so that they were That's weren't, so true. You know? And so when they say, like, I'm not infected and you're seeing how bad this infection is, then they're saying, like, but you could be, and you look like you're going to try and run, so we're just going to shoot you anyway. And so I saw it as a, like, the military was pretty much saying, like, nobody's leaving, and we don't know if they're infected, so we're treating everyone like they're infected, is kind of what I had assumed. Which, to me, sucks, because at the end of the day, like, they made the choice that was, quote-unquote, the good for the many, right, to keep the infection in. Infection still got out. She wasn't infected, and he wasn't. So it was a total waste of life. Totally. um, When life is so important in this, like, universe. And, you know, he he just, he made a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Then the next thing that happens is it just cuts. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's 20 years <laughs> later. That also just surprised me a lot. Mm. I, I wasn't expecting a time jump mm. of that nature. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought there wasn't going to be. I, I don't know because I hadn't played it. But the, yeah. then like the big bold like pff, yeah. 20 years. I was I was happy there was a time jump. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was good. I, I just wasn't expecting it. I was afraid. And this is going to sound kind of bad. I don't really like The Walking Dead. And oh, The I Walking Dead is a lot more of that like 
if they hadn't done the 20 year time jump, you know, as they like kind of learn how to deal with it and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I liked that it was 20 years later because you yeah. got to see what 20 years of this pandemic had done to the world, yeah. which I thought was so much more of an interesting take for me because I feel totally. like we've seen a lot of the like, oh, God, the zombies are happening now stuff. So yeah. I really liked it. Once you actually do the 20 year jump yep. and you start to play the game, there's a couple of key things that you're doing. So you are smugglers. Um, you, you and Tess. You and Tess, which we'll like meet and talk about here right at the beginning. Key gameplay, which was also very surprising to me, is it's not like a typical shooter game. Mm-hmm. So you don't run around and kill hordes of zombies constantly or hordes of infected, sorry. Um, it's very much so a stealth game. Mm-hmm. And the game is designed to make you choose how you want to play and make you feel the like anxiety of living in a world where you don't just have everything. So much anxiety. So much anxiety. And so the kind of main mechanic, it would be like, regardless of what you're trying to do at the time, you don't have anything. And you find like scraps of alcohol, scraps of like little sharp things like scissors and scraps of different things you can use to make bombs and healing stuff and whatever else and you get it very sparingly and Mm -hmm. you get that stuff just as sparingly as you get like bullets yeah and so you have this mixture of as you play the game should i shoot down this zombie horde but i only have 16 bullets can i kill them all in 16 bullets and what if i need those bullets later and so a lot of the actual gameplay style is sneaking which i didn't expect or anticipate but i really liked it yeah I did too. Mm -hmm. I guess just to add on to that, you and Tess are smugglers. You go kill some random dude named Robert who has no meaning. No meaning. (laughs) He's whatever. Then you meet Marlene, Mm -hmm. who is the leader of the Fireflies. And through some cutscenes and such, you get get an idea of this organization called the Fireflies, who are revolutionaries in this world who want to bring back democracy and restore kind of government functions to society. Whereas now it's just under complete military, like dictator, not dictator necessarily, but like they, they did authoritarian for sure. Yeah. They did that. Whatever the thing is called, like there's an actual ruling you can do to like martial. Yeah. Martial law. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 So it's just complete like military rule and and you meet Marlene who's hurt and she's like, hey, can you please deliver this girl mm-hmm. to the research lab for me? I'm not going to be able to make it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you meet Ellie. And then most of the the beginning of the game is sneaking Ellie out of the militarized zone yeah. so that you can make your way to the other like Firefly people. Yeah. And meet up with them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. I liked the gameplay a lot. One of the things that I noted in the first, it's just very, very stressful. I was like, yeah. wow, I'm stressed. I'm yeah. so stressed. I played really slow. Like I did the thing. I really like stealth games, but I'll admit that I am probably the most boring person to watch because I just sit behind boxes and watch them do their full loop. And then I'm like, okay, great. I see the full loop. So then when they have their back turned there, I can go there and then I can do that. And then I'll notice that there's somebody else that might interrupt that loop. So then I'll sit there and I'll watch their loop. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so it took me a really long time to play because I like stealth more than I like shooting. Mm -hmm. And so I was a slow person, but 
I was really surprised that that's how much of what it was because I thought it was going to be shooting the whole way, but it really wasn't. Like you're sneaking around the whole time. Yeah, yeah. 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 One of the first things that you do is with Tess and Ellie, you have to sneak through derelict office building. Yeah. And I... And that's where it introduces your flashlight. And mm. I thought it was really cool. Did yours do this where you have to... Hit your controller? Yeah. Uh. Okay, so for those listening, one of the really cool mechanics is you have a flashlight and you're in this dark building and it'll start flickering. Mm-hmm. And to get it going, you have to actually hit your controller into your hand. Yeah. Like you hit a flashlight into your hand to like get it going again. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm immersed <laughs> This is amazing. It was so cool, but so horrifying. So stressful, yes. At one point, I was sitting right in front of one of the main monsters with my stupid little flashlight looking at them, getting ready to attack. And then my flashlight went out when they're like staring me in the face. And I screamed. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought it was a part of the game. And then I'm like, my flashlight's not turning (laughs) <laughs> and then, and then like, hit it on my hand and turn on. They have the little controller. Yeah, in the hand yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, oh my god. But yeah. they also had a lot of other cool haptics too. Like I don't know if the um, it was just because I was playing on PS5 or what, because I've never owned a PlayStation before. But like when it rained, your controller did little rain plops on your hands, which was crazy to me. That was so fun. Yeah. And like when cars drove by, you got like the rumble on your controller, and I was like, holy shit! Like I will say, PlayStation does a great job of integrating Those controller so into gameplay. Cool. And like the sound came out of yeah. the controller too. That's what they're known for. They're, yeah. they're much more known for the... As much as PlayStation, one of the things I don't love about it is that they're not very open. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't even play this on PC if we wanted to. It's yeah. not even out on PC and most of their games are come to PC literally like 10 A years decade. later. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it feels like PlayStation focuses a lot more on the cinematic yeah. type stuff mm-hmm. and immersive mm-hmm. stuff. And so I, I, I did really appreciate that. And their controllers are known for advancing in the controller yeah. department. <laughs> technology haptics haptics. yeah Yeah. i was so impressed it was so cool as we talk a little bit about moving through this early part of the mission maybe we can talk a little bit about the world that ellie's experiencing for the first time so we're bringing ellie out of this government quarantine zone Mm -hmm. on behest behest Mm -hmm. of marlene And this is the first time that Ellie's ever been out. And when she's out here, we start running into the main products of this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And do you want to talk a little bit about, like, the different kinds of infected? Okay. So when we first start at the beginning, there's two main kinds. There's runners is Mm -hmm. what they call them. And those are your typical, they look like people, but infected, like zombies, they run at you. Yeah. And they have sight. And they're easier to kill yeah and then you have your clickers wait hold on i've been practicing this we might have to cut this out because i might be too weird but i was like hold on uh no i can't do it anymore (laughs) okay in the morning i have this perfect clicker noise because i keep making it and chris is like oh my god i'm literally gonna kill you (laughs) (laughs) i'm like uh, i can't do it anymore (laughs) one day maybe morning voice you need morning voice (laughs) for it honestly but they make this whole horrifying yeah noise horrifying yeah i wrote in really big letters fuck clickers like just so you first meet them in the office building because they like dark 
Like mm-hmm. that's their thing. They 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 only are kind of in dark environments, and so they're only inside. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what they are is they're instead of a face, it's kind of like a flower. It's a fungi. It's like a fungus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah, a yeah. fungus. It's it's kind of like a flowery fungus mm-hmm. situation. It like splits open the it face. It splits open in the face, and they make a clicking sound. And they don't see, but they can hear really mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like echolocation for bats. Yeah. Yeah. And they're harder to kill. Mm-hmm. And so normally the runners, for example, if you don't have bullets and you don't have a shiv, mm-hmm. you can punch them still. Mm-hmm. Punching does not work on clickers. You no. cannot punch them. They will kill you. Immediately. You have to either shiv them or shoot them. Mm-hmm. And so there's an extra element of stress when you run into a pack of clickers mm-hmm. because you can't just punch them. Yeah. If, and if you're running low, is very stressful. At first, I thought like, oh, the clickers aren't going to be that bad because I was like, it's kind of nice that they can't see because I can just hang out and I'll just walk slowly by. That's fine. I didn't realize the other cool really like the, what the clickers do in their walking patterns is they're wa- they'll walk and then they'll stop and they'll do this big like click screech thing like in a random direction and if they click screech and you're in like the radius of their click screech like in front of them they will echolocate you and sprint at you so like you don't even have to be moving you don't have to be making noise they will still get you and so it's not as simple as like oh they can't see I'll just sneak around them really quiet no you have to make sure that the ones that can see don't see you while you sneak that Mm -hmm. you sneak at a really slow pace so they don't find you and then know the pattern of like oh god they're about to stop and do their big hackle so you have to make sure you're out of the way but you can't move quickly out of the way because if you do they'll also hear that the amount of anxiety that so much and like though you have the clicks in the distance and you're Mm -hmm. like oh god it's coming yeah (laughs) so there's one part at the end of the office building where it's a room full of them. Do you yeah. know which part I'm talking about? Um, No, probably, but go You're ahead. about to exit. You're literally almost to the exit. And Joel oh. makes a comment of we're almost there. Yeah. And it's full of clickers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have to either sneak past them all or kill them all. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest. I never got the sneaking down super mm well Mm -hmm. so i had to end up clearing rooms like every time oh yeah um i like when you mentioned that you have to sneak past them i didn't know that that was an option (laughs) i just i thought i had to clear the room or i was gonna die because i kept messing up in some way or another yeah and so at this very end that's when i had texted you like i just rage quit (laughs) because i had to restart that encounter so many times so many times Mm -hmm. so the other thing about the game is you can't save at any moment Mm -hmm. it's It's auto-saved at checkpoints yeah 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 and the checkpoints can actually be kind of far apart from each other which is probably my biggest complaint of the game because there was multiple times where I'd mess up at the very end Mm -hmm. and you have to restart all the way at the beginning yeah yeah I had those a few moments like later that I did the same thing where I would I think there was one part where there was like seven at a time and I killed all of them and then there was a surprise thing later I think I did that encounter probably like 10 times and I couldn't figure out like what I was doing wrong before I finally beat it and while I was doing that that's when I figured out it was like not echo location yeah yeah because I was like oh that's what I'm doing like I wasn't moving I don't understand 
And I also, at that point, like that was the first time I tried to like save and load without using the autosave, like to do a manual save because I was getting so frustrated. I was like, okay. And it didn't work. And it didn't work. No, it'll restart you at the checkpoint. I was so mad. I was literally like, Chris, can you beat this for me and take it? And he's like, no. (laughs) (gasps) Rude. (laughs) Also, I get it. (laughs) So I had to do it myself. That's fine. (laughs) So after you smuggle Ellie to the place that you're originally supposed to go to, you show up, everyone is dead. The everyone fireflies dead. are all dead. Yeah. And it's kind of, Joel is like, oh shit, okay, well, we just got to go back. Like, this is over now. Yeah. And Tess is being kind of intense and being like, no, you have to continue taking her mm-hmm. because you learn as you do this office thing, mm-hmm. you learn that Ellie is technically infected. Right. Yeah. Which we didn't talk about yet. So there's uh, a scene where they run into another military guy. Mm-hmm. He tests them all. And when he gets to Ellie, she stabs him and kind of freaks out. And then, you know, he dies because Joel kills him. And you look at the the tester and she is infected. Right. But she's totally normal. Mm-hmm. And then you learn from Ellie that she was bitten by uh, an infected person Three weeks ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. And it looked almost healed. Yeah. And And for context, too, you'll find documents throughout the game that talk about the progression of this fungal disease and the... The way that the disease progresses is literally you show symptoms in, like, hours and within, like a day you are pretty much a runner it's not it's not a thing that three weeks is just totally unheard of so it's not like a oh it had a a couple weeks so maybe she still has symptoms to show no it's crazy yeah yeah tess is like this might be this might change the world like she might change the world Mm -hmm. and tess is usually like joel very pessimistic very just survival business, mode. Business, very business. Yeah. And so this is the first time that you see Tess believing in something. So Joel takes it to heart. And then as they're leaving, Tess is like, no, I'm staying. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of know Tess was bit. And she's like, this is the end of the road yeah. for me. And the military's coming. And she's like, I'll hold them off. Mm-hmm. I don't want to turn into one of those. So right. I'll, I'll fight the military. So she stays behind and shoots a bunch of the military guys as you escape and continue the journey. And the next thing that you're going to do is find a guy named Bill Mm -hmm. who you used to work with as a smuggler. Yeah. And before we get to Bill, one of the things that I wanted to talk a little bit about was the Tess and Joel relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So... I'm curious your thoughts on it. When I first got the read of Tess and Joel, I thought that they were intimate. Like, I mm. I thought that they probably, similar to, like, when you've been married before, maybe for a really long time, and you don't want to get married again, but you don't want to be, like, alone, and how you want to have a partner. And, totally. You know, like, that's kind of the vibe that I had That's got the vibe I got, from too. Them. I, yeah. I got, like long long-term relationship yes. vibes from yeah. them for sure yeah. yeah and one of the things that I thought was really interesting about Tess and Joel and a part of a little bit of like what I was reading was that the Tess had to die to make Joel take Ellie mm-hmm. further when we think about the relationship that Joel has with Ellie and Joel has with Tess at like the beginning of this game. At this point, I think we're like two or three hours in. We're not super far in just yet. He's very 
business. Transactional. Yeah, yeah. Like, we are smugglers. We are doing this job. You might as well, Ellie, be a, an object thing that we're mm-hmm. carrying over here, right? And when you're confronted with, like, okay, he has to take her on a loan, I don't think there's any way that Joel, in that moment, without Tess dying, that he would have done that. Like, and without her saying that, without, I think, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think even if she would have gotten shot by the military, like, I don't think he would have taken her. I think it, she had to get bit and she had to believe that Ellie was the cure in order for him to take her. And I think yeah. the, like, there's no other way that Joel would have done it without yeah. Tess, I think, yeah. in that moment. Which I, agree. I I actually was worried that Tess is going to die immediately. <laughs> Because I was like, something feels wrong. I don't know. Something felt off. I just thought something bad was going to happen to her, and it did. Yeah. But I do think it's really interesting. That was the motivation that they chose for Joel, is for Tess, this one person that I think he kind of cared about, Mm -hmm. to to have to force him to do it pretty much like for yeah. her. So now you go to find Bill and this is when you get out of the city. Right. And the one thing I wanted to comment was just the environment. I thought it was just so pretty. Mm-hmm. The game was just so beautiful and out in the rural grassland. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And why are you going to meet Bill again? So at this point, you don't really know what to do, right? Oh, and that's why you go to meet yeah, Bill. Yeah, and so he has a car. And so you go to... That's right. You, that's you right. go to Bill because you're like, oh, we need a vehicle to get our way to Tommy's because... That's right, because Tom... Okay, so his brother Tommy, mm-hmm. you learn mm-hmm. that he had joined the Fireflies. Yeah, like previously, a while ago. Oh, like a while ago. Yeah. And that was actually like why they kind of had a falling out. Yeah, which we still don't understand the falling out. I don't think they ever explained it, really. They kind of did. Ish. Ish. You know that Bill has a car and you need a car to get to Tommy. Tommy had joined the Fireflies. That's why you're going to Bill. Yeah. You're hoping that Tommy will be able to figure out where to take Ellie. Right. Yeah. Because like at the end of the day, you really don't know what to do now, right? Like you're not a part of the Fireflies and all the Fireflies that you're supposed to meet are dead. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So then you make your way to Bill. He lives in a very small town yeah well, obviously run downtown it, yeah. it is not populated he has a bunch of traps set up mm. like that's his thing he like yeah. is very much paranoid and i wrote i like bill and then immediately after wait maybe not because he was really mean to ellie yeah he was like they treated ellie like she was a pill you know what I mean? Like, she's a little brat, is how they had kind of been treating Ellie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I But I still liked him. I, I liked just... Bill because he felt, he felt like what I would expect people to be like. And he wasn't so selfish that he was oh, a jerk. Totally. But he, you could tell that he was a little upset at you guys for causing shenanigans well, you at set the off place. all of his traps yeah yeah <laughs> and actually that's one of my favorite scenes of the game is he has a trap where he catches joel joel by the ankle oh you liked this part oh, i loved it you know, you i thought like it was it? good creatively but i had to replay that so many times oh, okay i loved it so much okay so for the listeners you play upside down you like you're hanging upside down from this you get rope. stuck in a trap yeah and like as you're doing it these infected, you have to shoot yeah are jumping through all the windows and you're just swinging back and forth trying to shoot as fast as you can and i loved it 
I'm sorry. No, I thought it was good until I kept dying because of the clicker. Okay, that's fair. I I was so in love with it. It was how really freaking creative. cool. Yeah. yeah, how creative. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do that in the TV show. I guess we'll find out. But yeah. man, it was cool. So you go to get the battery. Mm-hmm. And then you can only get the battery in the school. The school is the part that I had to play That's five million right. times and I hated it. Oh. I hated it. I, I didn't get so stuck at the times. school. I did. It was With the awful. school buses? Um, no, after that. Oh, in the school. In the school. Yes. I don't know why I didn't I didn't get stuck there. I got stuck so many times. It was exhausting. I I almost quit at that point, but I didn't. I kept going. But you you want a battery. There's a battery theoretically at the school. Battery's not there. You go to the school. And then this is where we get the fourth type, or I guess third technically, but like the worst yes. stage of infection. Yeah. Is the bloater. Yeah. So this is where you meet a bloater for the first time. And there's these like grotesque giant fungal mm armored like their whole body is a fungus at this point because they've been alive with this virus or this fungus for so long and this is the first time you meet them and they're horrifying yep horrifying managed to kill it on my first attempt though still proud of that oh yeah (laughs) i spammed uh molotov cocktails oh Smart, smart. Fire was the trick with those things. I just sprinted in circles and then every once in a while shot and it just, I, I don't know how long it took me, but I did it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. You go to the school, you defeat the first big bad thing and the battery isn't there. Battery's not there. And then you go into town and you find a house and mm-hmm. you go into the house and... Did you find the note in the house? Oh, Let's talk about the note. Okay. So you go into the house and it goes into a cut scene because you have found someone who has died by suicide. Mm-hmm. Joel's kind of like, oh, poor schmuck. And then Bill's like, that was my partner, Frank, mm-hmm. or like my previous partner, Frank. Yeah. And they had split, I guess, yeah. at this point. We're still living in the same town, but they had split. And you explore the house a little bit. You find that Frank had the battery. Mm-hmm. So Frank had had the battery. You now have the battery or mm-hmm. the truck with the battery in mm-hmm. it. And then if you explore the house more, you can find a note mm-hmm. and you read the note. Mm-hmm. It's so sad and also kind of funny. But Frank <laughs> is pretty much. Funny. I mean, <laughs> it is really sad. It's really sad. But Frank is pretty much like I found the battery that you always wanted to find fuck you bill i hate you you. yeah pretty i actually took a screenshot oh okay okay do it do it because i i won't have to read the whole read us the note no read us the note okay okay well it says well bill i doubt you ever find this note because you were too scared to ever make it to this part of town but if for some reason you did i want you to know i hated your guts I grew tired of the shitty town and of your set in your ways attitude. I wanted more from life than this, and you could never get that. And the stupid battery you kept moaning about, I got it. But I guess you were right. Trying to leave this town will kill me. Still better than spending another day with you. Oof. Good luck, Frank. Oof. Yeah. So, like, my hypothesis was that he got the battery and then in the school got bit. Yeah. And, and then why... and wanted to off himself yeah. before he turned. Yeah. Totally. That's kind of my hypothesis. But yep. did you give the note to Bill? Because apparently you can do that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't either. I didn't find it until later when I was trying to get a screenshot. Oh, I of the found note. it, but like I, yeah, I didn't know that you could give it to apparently him. Apparently, you get like an achievement if you give this note to Bill and. 
I don't think I would have done that because it was honestly, it, it would have broken my heart totally. if my ex-partner who I just found that yeah. suicide got this note. So like, I don't think I would do and, it. And like my partner, I think they were dating. Oh, they were definitely dating. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause like later you find like Ellie has like stole stuff from Bill and he, she found like a gay porno magazine. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say like, they were definitely like, oh, for part, sure. Okay, part, yeah. Partners in that sense. Yeah. yeah. And so I was, I, I would have been heartbroken if I would have gotten 100%. this note, but apparently you can give it to him, um, which is sad. Does he say anything? I don't know. Apparently he throws it on the ground, I think, and Oof. you can pick it back up and that's how you get the achievement in case achievement hunters out there are looking. But okay. yeah, I, wow. I assume that it would be a little heartbreaking and Yikes. Bill already seemed heartbroken to see Frank there ending yep. up in that that fate i think he probably kind of hoped a little bit that he had gotten out of the town you know oof, oof, sad. Oof. sad okay so after you get the car you drive into a town and get wrecked <laughs> by literally by a group of they're hunters hunters they okay that's what they yeah. call them okay and we're in philadelphia i think at this Philly. point yeah 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 which actually this is the first beef that i have to pick with this game which is the fact that he drove into philadelphia in the first place can anyone explain to me why you would ever go to the middle of a city if you were ever trying to like drive cross country like i know that the road was blocked and he felt like he had to go there i just i could not imagine a world where if i was trying to just get from point a to point b i would ever make a detour in a big city because that would be the most dangerous place to be 100 yeah 100%. and it it didn't go well no it, did not go well. it didn't and you see as you're in this big city okay so you get kind of wrecked by this first group and then you clear the group mm -hmm. and you start sneaking around and you have a cut scene where there's an armored vehicle that is just wrecking, Gosh, wrecking. shit. Yeah. And they're murdering innocent people and they also have a dead woman like mm -hmm. strapped to the front. Yeah, of it's it. disgusting. It's really gross. Yeah. Very morbid. They're very awful people, obviously, that are not infected. Mm -mm. And you're sneaking and you're sneaking and then you go into a building. And that's when you meet Henry and mm. Sam. Yeah. And in the story, Henry and Sam are part of a group that also detoured into Philly to try to find supplies. Mm -hmm. And then the same group kind of made them all scatter. Yeah. And they were just trying to get out of the city to a radio tower to meet up with the rest of their mm -hmm. group again. And Henry is the older brother of Sam, who mm -hmm. is the same age as Ellie, pretty much. And they're really sweet. And they're I so like them so much. I literally, I think in my notes, I was like, oh my God, I love them. <laughs> I love that there's another kid here. Yeah. Because you finally get to see Ellie having moments as a kid with another yeah. kid. And that's when you also kind of start to see Joel's relationship, I think, kind of develop more into a father-daughter thing because mm -hmm. he's also happy to see her. Mm-hmm happy with another kid well and i think too right before this they had this really sweet moment of ellie saving his life i think in the hotel oh that's right. right i forgot about that, that. Mm -hmm. yeah it was like right before that that's right like as right a part, before that you went through the creepy ass hotel which was the worst part of my whole existence it was horrifying and ellie saves your life and you don't say th like ellie saves joel's life joel doesn't say thank you but then eventually gives her a gun and starts to trust her 
with, more, yeah. yeah, with the gun. And so I think what's so interesting about the Henry and Sam relationship and then the Ellie and Joel relationship is it seems like Henry doesn't trust Sam. He he had a gun, but not he's as like, much. yeah, he's like immediately like not in a bad way, but more in like a, I really want to overprotect you way. Mm-hmm. And you get to see that dichotomy between. Joel's just starting to trust and think that Ellie can stand kind of on her own Mm -hmm. in this environment and Henry not really thinking that Sam can. It's very interesting. It's very complex. Yeah. But they do like Henry and Sam do have a really sweet relationship. They do. I really, really liked it. Um, Okay. So the one part of the Henry and Sam story I wanted to talk about is when you get out of the city finally and escape the armored car. Mm -hmm. The next thing that happens is you have to go through some sewers. (sighs) to get to the radio tower mm-hmm. and god did i hate the sewers <laughs> i wrote why the fuck are we going in the sewer so you meet the next kind of thing infected mm-hmm. that's a watery based they're not watery based what watery based they're they're kind of around they're bodies of water based. they're round bodies of water i guess i guess technically the times that we meet them they have been around bodies of water i will give you that and i don't remember what they're called stalkers stalkers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the thing that fucking sucks about them is they run like crazy and hide mm-hmm. and Joel has yeah so Joel has an ability where you can do like a super hearing and it mm-hmm. outlines bad guys mm-hmm. but with the stalkers if you do the super hearing it does not outline them mm-hmm. and it sucks because then you come around a corner and you think it's clear and whoop there's a scary dude. And the other thing that I hated about them is they would run away from you yeah. and hide. Uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, my God, where did they go? Mm-hmm. Well, and and it's if so you, stressful. If you looked away, too. Then, then they, they would, would run at you. Yeah. Oh! It is awful. Okay. Yeah. So there's – and the, also the story behind the sewers was really sad. So mm-hmm. as you explore the sewers and you're trying to get out of the sewers with these awful water-infected stalkers – you start picking up notes and you find that there is this guy who was out at sea. Mm. Did you find all the notes? I found most of them about ish. But. So there's a boat outside right. the sewers. You look on the boat. There's a note that says, okay, I'm finally coming back in because I'm out of supplies. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the world is like. Yeah. I did find that one. And, and then I was you like, oh. go into the sewers. <laughs> yeah. You find a little bed and another note that says, okay, I'm going to hide out in here. I can defend it pretty easily because there's not very many openings. And, you know, this feels like a good place. Mm -hmm. And then you find another note that's like, oh, I met some other people that weren't trying to kill me. And I invited them to come stay with me because if, Mm -hmm. like, what is life if you can't share it with people? Mm -hmm. And so they had this whole commune in the sewers. Mm -hmm. And... Then as you uncover it, Infected got in. There was a note, I think, once you get out of the sewers that talked a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, because a few of them went for supplies. Yeah. And forgot to lock Lock the door. The door. Mm -hmm. And an Infected got in and got all of the other people, including kids. Yeah. They even had like a little kindergarten thing. They had a nursery in the sewers. And you find the last note of one of the adults that was protecting the kids mm-hmm. that was like they're at the door. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, you didn't see that I one? I missed that one. It was in the room that had the 
the dead kid bodies. Did I find the dead kid bodies? It was like very sad. I okay, so I remember I was heartbroken when I saw like the little school that they had set up with all the toys. I don't know if I found all of the dead kids. Or... So it was like a bunk room. So it had a bunch of bunk beds, like where oh, the kids had I didn't been sleeping. See that. That's so sad. And there was an adult skeleton and then two little kids skeletons. Anyways, I thought the world building in that oh, way yeah. Yeah. was so good. And I'm just the kind of person. My brain, I need to pick up all the things. Yeah. yeah. And read all the things. I and really so love doing that. I yeah. really liked how deep the world got mm-hmm. when you did that. It paid off. Whereas sometimes I feel like games will do notes and stuff, but they don't pay off as much. Oh, totally. Yeah. I will say the other game that I really liked where the notes pay off a lot is Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. I which you haven't yet. played yet, yeah. but read the notes in that game. <laughs> Yeah, I I was very impressed with the Mm -hmm. amount of information you got from the notes. And actually, way earlier in the game that you find that references a person you were supposed to meet that I think was talking about Frank, too, never coming to meet him in the city. So, like, there are little Easter eggs and stuff, like, in them, too, about the different characters. The note system was really interesting. It made it very worth it to want to find them. Totally. You're finally chilling. You made it to the radio tower. There's a really sweet moment where Henry and Joel are bonding. Sam is in his room, essentially, and Ellie goes to check on him. And they have a really interesting discussion about religion. Mm -hmm. And fear. And and what you're scared of. And Sam is kind of asking Ellie, hey, so my brother said that once people get infected... You know, they they go to heaven pretty mm-hmm. much and they're in a better place or whatever. Do you believe that? And Ellie's like, no, no mm-hmm. not really. And they kind of have a moment and Ellie gives him a toy that he had eyed earlier. But his brother made him put down because they have a rule that you only take what you need. I was waiting for so long for her to get him that toy because I watched her pick it up. Yeah. I like waited. It was I so refused cool. to leave because she was like standing by the toy and she like didn't pick it up. And I was like, I'm not leaving this room until this girl picks up this toy because if she doesn't pick up the toy because I did something wrong, I'm going to die. And so I watched her pick it up. And so I've been waiting this whole entire game for her to give him this toy. Ugh. And then she finally gives him the toy and then she leaves to go to bed. Bed and mm. he throws the toy on the ground. Yeah. And you're like, Which broke something's my heart. Up. Yeah. Something's up. And then you wake up. Sam has not come out of his room. And Henry and Joel are also, you know, shooting the shit again, mm. making breakfast. And Ellie's like, oh, where's Sam? And Henry says, go wake him up. I let him sleep in. And she walks in and you see Sam twitching. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and he has been infected. And is full infected. Starts to attack Ellie. And they kind of stumble out into the room. And then all of a sudden Henry's like, holy shit, my brother, obviously. And Mm -hmm. Joel is like, he's gone. We have to kill him. He's attacking Ellie. Mm -hmm. And then Henry points a gun at Joel and is like, don't kill him. That's my brother. That's my brother. Mm -hmm. And then He, he quickly shoots his brother. And then... He kills he himself. himself. I, yeah. It was so sad. I got so sad. I was completely distraught. I was sobbing. And I stopped I, I stopped playing that day there because I couldn't keep going. There were so, so many well layers. So well acted, too. Yeah. The, the thing that stood out to me a lot, the sniper fight right before, 
you are met with a moment where you have killed a sniper and then are looking through the sniper's gun as Henry and Sam and Ellie are down there getting like overrun and you're trying to shoot things and things are attacking them and both Henry and Sam are being attacked by an infected and you choose to shoot one of the infected and then Ellie kills the other like a second later and when I chose to shoot a um, the infected I tried to shoot the infected one on Sam but I missed and then Ellie goes and kills them and then I kept wondering if Sam got infected because I missed the shot. I was the reason that Sam was the one who had got bitten. And it turns out that it doesn't matter. And even if you kill both of them before they overrun them, Sam still ends up appearing bitten later. But I had this like distraught moment at the end of that where I was like, oh God, what have I done? And it was just such a tragedy. It was a tragedy. Yeah. Uh. Now in the story, you finally get to where Tommy is. It's like, yay, we found Tommy. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, thank God he's right here. TG. Yeah, they even had like a little high five right before they got there. Yeah. yeah. And you learn that Tommy got married mm-hmm. and that was very cute. You find them at a power plant. Right. Yes. And they are trying to get this power plant going again mm-hmm. to have electricity and build a little town with electricity again. Right. And have this little commune. You learn yeah. that he left the fireflies, but not in like a bad way, but just... He was done. He was done. Mm-hmm. And this is where I wrote, you can pet the dog. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can pet the puppy and you get an achievement for it. <laughs> yeah. So you get to pet the dog. They have dogs. They have horses. Mm-hmm. That's the other kind of cool thing is they have horses. You can also pet the horse. Yeah. You can pet and the, horse. the thing that I that was giving me so much anxiety is because everyone that we have met has died. And I was like, yeah. I will quit. <laughs> if, Tom- if Tommy <laughs> dies, I will quit this game. <laughs> I was worried. I was definitely worried. Yeah. The did you what did you want to talk about with this section? Um, this section I thought was interesting because you get the glimpse a little bit into Joel and Tommy's relationship. Yes. You can see that Tommy is a great brother. You know that they've had a falling out, and when he comes and sees Tommy, Tommy just pulls him into a hug. Hundred percent. To be totally honest, in this like chapter of the story, I hated Joel the whole entire time. Really? Yes. You didn't? I hated him. He was an asshole the whole mm. time, and I know why. I and we can talk yeah. about the psychology of Joel because it's very complex. But he's a dick. Like yeah, he is. You're like right. Tommy. So one of the things that Tommy does right when you get there is he gives a picture uh, an old like soccer photo or something of, of joel and joel and sarah daughter. yeah <laughs> and he gives it back joel gives the picture back to tommy and he doesn't take it and i was like are you fucking kidding me yeah. i'm like why would i thought you that keep i actually just thought that was really sad i was like wow he can't even dude needs a therapist yeah it was <laughs> I'm curious your thoughts because like I this felt really not close to me, but maybe you understood more of what was going on. But like I couldn't figure out if it sounded like Tommy and Joel were together in Boston where you start the game and Joel protected Tommy for a long time and then they had the falling out and Tommy went to the Fireflies. But that's really all I understood out of that. I think the falling out was because Tommy went to the Fireflies oh. and Tommy was look what he did. He like made another town with power, yeah. right? Yeah. How cool is that? 
Tommy was trying to do more with life and trying yeah. to make li- life better. Mm-hmm. And Joel was surviving. Yeah. Joel, they had very different outlooks, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Tommy was like, I have to believe in something more than just surviving. Yeah. Life needs to be more than that. Mm-hmm. And Joel was more, it's just gonna fucking suck and we're gonna survive. Okay. And didn't try to make anything more of his life. And that's what I had pieced together their falling out was about. Tommy was like, you're you're holding me down, you know, like, yeah, you're holding me down and this isn't a way to live. And I can imagine Joel in that state of having the amount of loss that he had experienced, probably lashing out about it. Yeah, that's my guess as to what happened. That's what I I had kind of put together. I think that makes sense because he starts to lash out in this scene too, like back at Tommy. He pretty much tries to pawn off Ellie onto Tommy. And he uses the the excuse of, hey, you used to be a firefly. You'll know this way better than I would. She'll be safer with you. But really, you can tell that I think a little bit in part of we just saw like the loss of Sam and and Henry, I wonder if it reminded him a little bit of losing Sarah. Yeah. And I think he might have panicked a little bit and was like, oh, my God, I can't take that kind of loss. Like, I don't know if I could have done it again. Yeah. And so I think that was him putting up a lot of walls. Totally. And, but he even lashes out to Tommy while he's doing this mm-hmm. and, and getting angry. So I he's got a lot of anger. Yeah. I think. Really quickly, one thing I want to mention from a character development standpoint is after the Henry and Sam thing, mm-hmm. when you cut to, they're walking in the woods on their way to Tommy's and Ellie's like, come on, I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And Joel's like, no, we're not talking about it. Bad stuff happens. Yeah. You get over it. Do you remember the scene where if you can you can find a grave while you're walking to mm-hmm. Tommy's and she wants to put the toy on yes, the grave exactly yeah because she's like I never got to bury Sam and he's like no yeah 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 so yeah. he like completely shuts down any type of confronting of feelings yeah. or talking about feelings mm-hmm. that we'll talk about later because yeah it changes it changes that's that's his arc mm-hmm. so then what happens is Ellie runs off because she kind of hears some of the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, Joel's trying to leave me, and she gets upset and runs off. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy and Joel go try to find her. You have to fight dudes to try to yep. find her, and you find her. And at the end of that, Joel makes the decision to take Ellie with the horse and not have Tommy go. Yeah. Which I'm glad yeah. That he made that choice. And I thought it was a really sweet moment because it also showed like even in the course of Mm -hmm. going to rescue Ellie, I think he had a moment of like, oh, I do care about this girl. And I... After he says, you aren't my daughter. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Ah! Like, he... uh, I was so mad at him. Yes, he ended up taking her. But like... They literally, he goes to go rescue her and then they get in an argument and her biggest fear is being alone. And she's like, I I can't be your daughter. And he's like, you aren't my daughter. And I don't know. I was mad at him. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, but then he kind of has a moment of growth and he's like, I'm going to take her. Yeah. And Tommy goes back to the power plant and back to his wife. (laughs) I will Um, note it was really funny to me that when he decides to take her, he didn't stay the night in the really nice, cute little town that Tommy had made. Like, it would have been so much more comfortable. No, they have to go then, right then and there. right there. And then you also get a horse, which is nice. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're making your way to a school because apparently the school has a science lab, which is where the fireflies are supposed to be. Right. 
that you're supposed to be meeting up with. You get to the school, you start walking around, and the school is so pretty. <laughs> Everything is so pretty. Like a, it had pretty mountains. It just looked like a college campus. I know, know, but it was, like, really pretty. It was, like, a um, reclaimed by nature. Yeah, yeah. And it had a big fountain in the middle of the square. With monkeys running all over m- it. <laughs> monkeys. And... That's also where you get the flamethrower, my fave weapon. (laughs) I never used it. You never used it? Dude, it was a lifesaver. I used it like twice, but I couldn't get the hang of it. So you know how there was in the school, you get to a room that's full of infected. So I did. That was the only time I used it. That's the only time I used it. You just wreck them. Yeah. And then you get more canisters. I never ran out of canisters. Oh. Because the zombies kept dropping canisters. Hmm. I... We'll get to that in a little bit. The next thing that happens is you go to the school. You find out that the Fireflies have abandoned this school. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You read a note from a guy who had also shot himself. And listen to tapes. This was a cool mechanic that they had here. That they introduced. Yeah. I have a complaint about that. Though. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'll just say it. For some reason, the audio wasn't mixed well. I could barely hear the tape recorder. I had to turn the volume up so much, and it was the background noise. I wonder if something was messed up with the file. Hmm. It it literally felt like something was wrong, like actually wrong. Yeah, because I what it's worth, I could hear it totally fine. So maybe it was just a weird thing with that version of it. Every time the recorders came up, you could hear it fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. I, I literally couldn't. That's sad because I, I really yeah. loved the recorders. I thought they were such a fun mechanic. I'm really bummed. Yeah. I, I could not understand. I gave up because mm, I couldn't understand sad. them. They had a lot of really interesting information in them too. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll have to look up a YouTube video. <laughs> I had weird bugs too. Like for me, the main menu prompts, when it was supposed to select stuff, like as I'm going through them, it didn't show which one was selected. Like it was the world's oh. smallest tint of color change. So it went oh, from like, like off white to normal white. Oh God. And I would be sitting there like squinting, looking at it and being like, which one am I selecting? I swear to God, Chris was probably so mad at me because I was constantly like yelling about the fact that I had I'd almost yeah. overwritten my save file. Oh no. Yeah, I had almost done it because of shenanigans with I didn't know if I was pressing yes or no because it wasn't highlighted. So then what happens is um, all of a sudden in the school, there's people shooting at you because mm-hmm. they're very also, sudden very sudden yeah very yeah. sudden and they're also ra- they're raiding the place for supplies too mm-hmm. right and they're shooting at you and you kind of clean them out except at the very end some dude comes out of nowhere and joel gets mm-hmm. pushed out a window mm-hmm. and falls onto a one of those concrete, the, the yeah, rods like and a, concrete. Yeah, like a rod. Yeah, yeah those, concrete those structural concrete rod. rods. And yeah. it goes all the way through. Ugh, all the way through. All the way through him. Mm-hmm. And I had to suspend my disbelief here. How would they... How did he not die? He would have died. There's no way he would have 100%. Yeah. He got his stomach had a rod sticking out of it. I guess if you miss every single organ. If you... Okay, so he got really lucky and missed every single vital organ as well as his spine. Yes. I mean, it definitely was off-center. Yeah, it was. It was. But 
Anyways. But yeah, anyway, very, very lucky. And I assumed that he would have to die. And I kind of thought that maybe it'd be interesting if he did die at that moment and, and she had to go the rest on the game. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been interesting. I know. Um, but no, he did not. No, die. no, no. He didn't die. Yeah. And then it cuts to so as you've been playing the game, each of these kind of bigger chapters are seasons. Mm-hmm. They're marked by seasons. So you were in the fall mm-hmm. and now you're in the winter. And it cuts to winter and you're. Now, Ellie. Yeah. I loved playing as Ellie. Yeah. I thought this was really cool. Introduced a whole new element of stress, though, because at this point, you've kind of upgraded Joel mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. And you have nothing now. And now you have nothing mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Ellie, uh, except for a bow and arrow. And you get a scene of Ellie going hunting. Mm-hmm. Joel is obviously very sick. Mm-hmm. And um, as she's hunting, you find a deer, you kill the deer, and then you stumble upon two dudes who want the to share the deer meat. And Ellie says, okay, well, I'll give you this deer if you give me antibiotics. Right. And you kind of know, oh, Joel's still sick. And it's yeah. been like a couple months. Well, at that point, I wasn't sure if he was dead yet. So when she asked for the penicillin, I was like, oh, he's alive. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I see. Maybe you had made the assumption that he was alive still. Yeah. Um, I had made the assumption that maybe he was dead because the last that we saw of him before the cut to winter was he fell off the horse and was looking pretty dead. Yeah. <laughs> looking pretty bad. Pretty dead. Okay. So like there's a whatever scene. You end up getting overridden by people and David infected uh oh sorry yes you get overridden by infected and you have as Ellie stolen his gun turns out he had another gun the whole time so he's just kind of like a liar I mean going along he was yeah. going along with he's like going along yeah. with it which is whatever I don't know I have many thoughts about this dude his name's David he yeah. talks so creepy and he's actually voiced by the dad in Pretty Little Liars Spencer's dad which I thought was really funny but he also does other voice acting and things that are way more mm-hmm. important than Pretty Little Liars but that's fine yeah. whatever once you actually like defeat it whatever you get the medicine you find out the actual twist which is you're sitting around this fire you've gotten the medicine he's like hey so turns out that the people that I had sent out looking for supplies run into some trouble and they were killed by a man traveling with a little girl. And yeah. you're like, fuck. Some, no, he said, mm. like, some crazy guy with a little girl slaughtered my men. Mm. And I was like, whoopsies. <laughs> Who, like, me? <laughs> Who me? <laughs> but then he lets you go. Um, He does. You get the medicine and you get to leave. Well... With, with strings attached. But then they come looking yeah. after you. They used you as like a tracking device pretty much. They're yeah. like, where's she going? So they can find Joel. They want to take out Joel. They don't care about the girl. They want to take well, out Joel. Well, well they care about one the person girl. cares about the girl. David cares about the girl. So he's a pedophile, right? Yeah. Okay. 100%. <laughs> oh, 100%. Okay, so then what happens is uh, Ellie gives Joel the antibiotics and then you hear guys outside the mm-hmm. house that they have been holed up in. Yeah. Joel is looking bad. Real bad. He's looking bad. He's looking not good. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I got to get them away from Joel so they don't find him. Mm-hmm. So she runs and tries to go distract them. Mm-hmm. And I did write a note that in this scene, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Oh. And that 
I thought I was supposed to be running away from them. Mm -hmm. But I think you're... But then I ended up having to kill them all. Oh. Because I I, I got stuck. I kept getting stuck. Like, I kept running out of places to sneak to that they wouldn't find me. I ran really far away. Went through, like, little tunnels and stuff. And then I circled back around. And I killed, like, a handful of them. But I ran away from a ton without killing them. And then... Um, you you figured out the sneak mechanics better than I did. I cleared out rooms for sure, but I usually cleared them out with sneaking. So what I would do is I would wait, sneak, kill one, find the next position, sneak, kill another. And so I would clear out rooms without using bullets. I had bullets the whole time because I never really used them unless I had to. I had been sneak killing everybody, which only allows you to use the bow or shivs. And that's like it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Our play styles are very different. <laughs> But you you do eventually at the end I killed like I killed them near the end but I managed to run away from a lot of them. I had them. to kill like I just had to kill all of them cuz mm. I I just got I kept getting stuck. So then they catch you, right? Yeah. So then the thing is they catch you. You wake up as Ellie in a cell and the lackey of David mm-hmm. is chopping up a human. Yeah. Like it's a butcher. <laughs> like Mmm, tasty. Yeah. <laughs> yum, yum. I mean, for all, okay, listen, maybe this sounds stupid, but like for all of the flaws of this group of people, I know that killing and eating people is wrong, but like if you had to choose between survival and starvation, desperate times, I can see that being more reasonable than a numerous thing it's not as it's like go it's worse eat than the leaves go eat leaves is fun <laughs> and i mean like clearly they're still deer outside so they can still be like hunting and shit but i feel like i was expecting it to be more which is why i thought he was also a pedophile yeah. and then david walks into the cell yeah. there's a cut scene and david is like you're special yeah and he like touches her hand and he touches her hand And she kind of goes along with it for a second Mm -hmm. because she's really smart. Yeah, I love that. And she tries to, I know, me too. I love her so much. And she tries to grab his keys Mm -hmm. to get out of the cell, but then misses. But, and she does manage to break his finger though. Yeah. And I love her line when you find out that that she broke the finger. She's like, oh, you, how are you going to explain that a little girl broke your finger? Broke your fucking finger. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. And one of the reasons that I loved playing as Ellie so much during like this little stint in the winter is because you get a lot of Ellie's personal personality like and you get to see her super badass moments like that where she's like, no, fuck you. I'm breaking your finger. Like, I just love it. Yeah. So good. Okay, so then what happens is Joel wakes up and is like, gotta go save Ellie. Mm -hmm. And so then you kind of bounce back and forth between Mm -hmm. Ellie and Joel. Joel's making his way to the town to go rescue Ellie. Mm -hmm. Ellie's rescuing herself, also trying to to flee back to Joel. Yeah. And it kind of culminates in Ellie is hiding from David, who is walking around this restaurant that is currently on fire. Yeah. And you have to sneak behind him and stab him. Mm-hmm. And that's like a couple of times. And that's how you kind of complete that scene. But the one thing that I wrote here is... So once you stab him for a third time, mm-hmm. there's a cutscene where she's trying to get to the knife. Mm-hmm. And one of my issues in general with this game, and so I don't know, do you want to talk about it now or? Good. Okay. Yeah. I just wish it would just do the cutscene. I hate the the like button prompts. 
Oh, just do the, the, the quick let me time watch events. the cutscene. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. That's interesting. I hated every single one of. The, I didn't like a single one. Really, I kind of liked it. No, I hated them. I, I think I liked it because you have to press triangle, and she like crawls a little, and then you press triangle, and she just crawls a little. <laughs> And you're like, just fucking crawl. Just play the scene. And I'm trying to eat a snack. I'm trying to drink water. This game is stressful as fuck. Just let me watch the cutscene. Give me a fucking break. Give me a break. Okay, okay. So my perspective on it is I liked that I felt more interactive with what was happening and there was something at risk if I didn't do it. And so like there, there are a couple moments later where the fact that you are supposed to be interacting is so interesting in the way that they did it. And I will say normally I hate quick time events, but these are very forgiving. Yeah. I will say though that as someone who's never played on PlayStation before, the stupid quick time events, I was like triangle, triangle. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to yeah. The, the, the wrong buttons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even I did that because I'm not used to the... I don't play it as much, so... Um, Okay, so you finally reunite with Joel. You kill David. Super traumatizing kill. Oh, my God. She's, like, swinging on top of him with a fucking whatever, his knife, big knife thing. She's just, like, swinging and stabbing and swinging and stabbing, and, oh, it was was horrible. Okay, and then you go to Spring. 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 And you're finally almost to the place that you need to go to. So at that school previously, the guy who had shot himself, the firefly, he said, okay, they all moved to this Utah hospital. Mm -hmm. So then you're making your way to the Utah hospital. That's where you run into the other things. Mm -hmm. So you're finally in Utah. And there's a scene that I wanted to talk about that I really, really loved. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you are in a building with Ellie and all of a sudden she's like, oh my God. And she's running and you're like, what? And you see a shadow of something, but you don't know what it is. And she's really excited about something. Yeah. You come out on this rooftop and there's a giraffe just like eating Mm -hmm. leaves. And it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Mountains in the background. And you just stand there and you talk to Ellie and you talk about your daughter with Mm -hmm. Ellie and so it's such a change from, mm-hmm. you know, two seasons ago yeah. in fall with Tommy where he was literally like, I don't want this picture. Yeah. And Ellie ends up giving you the picture. So mm-hmm. she had taken it. Yeah. And you talk about your daughter with Ellie. And I just thought it showed like a lot of growth. And you look out and Ellie's just having a moment and you're having a moment with her. Mm-hmm. I just really loved it. I... I, it was almost sad to me. I think that's Mm -hmm. what I had wrote down is that I was feeling sad and I couldn't place exactly why I was feeling so sad about the fact that they were there, but I thought it was a really interesting way that they did the storytelling because you would think that in this moment you would be excited and hopeful that you were so close Mm -hmm. to finding the fireflies and to getting Ellie where she needed to go and I just felt sad. Like, we had watched that traumatizing kill. Ellie seemed like she was acting a little bit off. And this is what I meant by the the interaction moment that I thought was interesting. Because, like, through the game, they have a lot of puzzles in it. And that was one of my qualms. Their puzzles were, like, really lame. Um, not in a bad way. I but wrote like, that on my... Yeah. I wrote puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> 
in quotes. Exactly, yeah. They're just kind of like time wasters a little bit. Yes. And one of the mechanics that just happened over and over and over again is you pick up a ladder and then you put it on a wall. Yeah. Or like you find a place and you boost Ellie up. And there was a spot right before you get to the giraffe in the same like little bus area. And you press the triangle to boost Ellie up like always. And you, your little Joel character does his animation to like put his hands down for Ellie to put her foot in. And then she doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to walk over to Ellie and be like, Ellie, come on. We've done this so many times. And I loved that because the game told you that it was a thing that you've done a million times. And it was weird that Ellie wasn't doing it. And so like when we get to the giraffe and we're sitting there and we're looking at this beautiful landscape right near the hospital where you're supposed to be going. I was just like, I feel so sad. And I don't know why. I just felt sad. I don't know. I get it. Did you feel happy? Like, were you, like, content in that moment? I, just, I don't know I why I felt so sad. Really, um, I thought it was just such a touching moment mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like uh, the Casey Musgrave song, Happy and Sad at the Same Time. <laughs> You know? Yeah. That's I feel like that's the Melancholy feeling. Melancholy a little bit. Yeah. 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 I did get a feeling that I, because of how I was feeling so sad, I was like, what if the ending isn't a happy one? And that's why they're trying to make me feel sad right now instead of hopeful. And I wrote down, I'm afraid they're never going to let her leave. So then the last thing that you're doing to get to the hospitals, you have to go through the worst, scariest. I didn't kill any of them. Tunnel. Oh my god, what the fuck? I flamethrowed, flamethrowered. What's the verb of that? You thrown, thrown? I flame, I flamethrown that whole bitch up. <laughs> I, I just was spreading fire. I was throwing nail bombs. I was throwing Molotov cocktails. Ugh. I killed all of them. That's so funny. I killed nothing. I was That's like, so funny I was like, this bus tunnel played. has so many fucking bloaters in it. I avoided all of them. I just walked around the sides and I'm dodged sure them how all. How you did that? How you managed to do that? <laughs> and that was what was interesting about the game is it gave you choices for how you wanted to tackle it. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't want to kill any of them because I was like, that stresses me out. So I just yeah. avoided them all. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> And you finally get to, oh, and then this the last scene is um, you come upon some water that's very rushing. Mm-hmm. Joel falls in. Ellie tries to save him. Ellie falls in. Joel drags her up onto the shore and is giving her CPR. Mm-hmm. And they get found by a Firefly guy. He's like, put your hands up. And he's like, I'm not, like, I have to save her. Yeah. Like he, with Sarah, it was like the same. Ugh. I have to save her. I'm not going to let her die. I'm not going to put my hands up for you. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, hits hits Joel. And you cut to the Utah hospital. And you wake up as Joel. And there's Marlene again. Which immediately put off alarm bells for me. Okay. Did it not put off alarm bells for you? The reason no, why... I mean, she was supposed to be there. She was supposed to be there, but alarm bells went off in my head because I was like, why is she one there so fast? All we knew is that, like, when you left, Marlene was, like, seriously injured and was going to need time to recover. And so in my head, it would have taken a non-trivial amount of time for her to do that. She had never mentioned that it she was... It had been almost a year, though. Yeah, I guess. I, I I just assumed since we were making the same trek that she would have been months behind us. But she knows more information than yeah, you, Yeah, right? and that's, I, that's yeah. what I kind of connected later. But, like, my immediate gut reaction is, like, how did she get here before us? Mm. And... It, 
it logics out and it makes sense that she got there before us later but it still i was like uh, in my gut i was like that was felt weird mm-hmm. do you want to talk about it you, you do this next part <sighs> okay um so you're in the hospital marlene's there and again how the fuck did she get here before us that's fine we are learning in this moment now that you know we we, we made we made our goal we ushered ellie to the fireflies like we were supposed to and Marlene has the really tough job of talking to us about where Ellie is now. And so, of course, you're worried about the fact when when you got, you know, hit in the head that you were giving CPR to Ellie. You're like, oh, my gosh, is she OK? Did she live? And Marlene's like, don't worry about her. She's going to be fine. He's like, can I see her? And she's like, well, no, we're pre- pre- prepping her prepping. for surgery. Mm-hmm. Surgery. I can't speak to this. No, we're prepping her for surgery. And... Then you learn the hard news, which is that in order to get the sample of the mutated cordyceps, the fungus that's growing in her brain because she got bit that hasn't killed her yet, they have to remove the brain. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way to make the vaccine. I have many thoughts about this. We can talk about it later. Mm -hmm. At that point, you, of course, have the realization that Ellie's about to die. Joel is like, please, like, let me talk to her. And Marlene says no. Mm Mm-hmm. She's like, no, you're not talking to her. You are lucky that you're still alive. You should leave now, pretty much. Oof. And you should thank me that yeah. you're getting to leave. Exactly. Ooh, like it's girl, like no. It's pretty much like you you're welcome for like letting you leave here. And it's also confusing to me because they don't give him his bad back or anything. So it's pretty much a death sentence to him anyway if he doesn't get his guns and supplies back. A soldier starts to escort him out, and Joel's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. And I wrote rampage. <laughs> because you rampaged. <laughs> did you not? No, I did. I killed okay, all of them. Okay, you have to, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I killed all of them, but I did sneak kill most of them until the end. When we get to the big long hallway, I I did kill all of them. The AI and the these scenes are so good, in mm-hmm. my opinion. In a lot of the sneaking parts that I did earlier, you could kill, and it was pretty easy to stay undetected if you killed at the right angle. Even mm-hmm. if there was someone kind of nearby, they considered like a sneak kill, quote unquote, like silent. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you weren't in the line of sight, it was fine. But I don't know what it was about this scene. But even when I wasn't in the line of sight, they still like heard or knew that I was mm-hmm. doing shenanigans. And so I had like piled up bodies in this bathroom that I kept luring them into by like throwing bottles and bombs and stuff. But they were way more advanced this time. It was a really hard yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah. You get to Ellie. You have to kill the doctor. I actually didn't mean to kill the doctor. Oh, you have to. Yeah. You're forced to. Well, they had like, he had picked up a scalpel and I went to grab the scalpel. That's what I thought I was doing. But when you go to grab the scalpel, you you stab him with it. Yeah. But I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. So like I had actually waited to be like, could I just get him to drop the scalpel and pick her up and leave? Because to be totally honest, I didn't want to kill the guy who's going to save the world, right? If he could actually make the vaccine. But no. So then you pick up Ellie and then you have a very stressful time running through the hospital with Mm -hmm. Ellie. You get to the elevator you go down the elevator to escape and see Marlene again. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about what happens next, okay. I feel like we should talk about a little bit the choice that Marlene has chosen to make and who Marlene is okay. a little bit. Yeah, because so, you find the, the notes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so one of the interesting bits, in my opinion, about Marlene, I love to hear kind of what you think about 
the path that she's chosen mm-hmm. is she knows Ellie. And yep. you learn through conversations she's with her. really good friends notes. with her mom. Yeah. She like knew Ellie. She was told by her mom to protect Ellie. And through these notes that you read, you see that she was like pretty torn up about the fact that the doctor said, hey, the only way this is going to work is if we kill her pretty much. And she makes that choice. So I'm curious, like, how do you feel about Marlene's position? It's interesting. I can understand it. Mm -hmm. I also understand Joel's Mm -hmm. position. Mm -hmm. Because it's also the chance for a vaccine. They don't know for sure, right? Yeah. And yes, you haven't found someone immune to this before. What about you? So I had a hard time with Marlene a little bit because I think at first glance, I was like, I think I would behave like Marlene behaved. Think in the kind of world that they live in, you have to do everything you can mm-hmm. to try and fix it. And I read some arguments on the internet about, well, they should have at least woken Ellie up and had Asked. her talk to, yeah, had her talk to Joel, had her totally. like say it. Because Ellie, or Ellie, I think would have said yes. I think she yeah. would have said do it. So I do think that she made wrong choices Removed selfishly. The choice, though. Yeah, but. One of the things apparently that you can find, and I actually found this offline later, I didn't find it in my playthrough, that changed my mind, where there were a few tapes and notes left by the doctor. Did you see those? Yeah, they didn't work though. Remember? I couldn't hear the tapes. You couldn't hear them. Okay, so in the tapes apparently, the doctor describes pretty much knowing fucking nothing about how Ellie's stuff works. Yeah. So they have Ellie there. They do a couple of tests and they figure out that if you take out Ellie's blood and put it in like a Petri dish, it grows the funguses, fungi, sorry. And they did MRI brain scans and the fungus is all through her brain except for in the parts that control motor function and reasoning. Personality. And all that kind of stuff. And so pretty much whatever her fungus is. It's cohabitating. It's cohabitating. Yeah. So it's not dead. She's not immune to the fungus living in her body. It just has avoided the parts of, like, her controlling herself. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we'll probably want to go through all of it here, so I'm just going to say it now. But in the Left Behind, like, DLC, you learn that the thing that hurt Ellie also hurt her friend, and her friend died. Yeah. So it's not even that the thing that hurt her and bit her was special or mutated in some way. It's literally only Ellie because the thing that bit her killed somebody else. Yeah. And so when you learn that this doctor had done these very small set of tests, and I mean, like, who kills their test subject the very first day that they get them? That's just bad science. Yeah. But, like, the the idea that he literally was going to dissect her brain to try and figure out why she was immune. It's not even like he had figured out and knew that he needed to remove the brain. He was going to remove it because he literally didn't know yet and was hoping that would figure it out. And that's the worst reason I've ever heard in the history of the world. And the fact that they didn't fucking know, why would you kill the one immune person that you had in order to do that? Yeah. And so I had at first was like, you know what, Marlene, I get it. I would do that too. And I understand. But like, Jesus fucking Christ. No. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I I was really upset at Marlene after the after the fact. 
And like her sitting here begging Joel, like, no, please, we need this hope to save humanity, standing at the elevator. And she knew that it might not even work. It might not even work. And it wasn't even a small risk of not working. And they had a plan. They probably didn't wouldn't have a plan. work. It no, probably wouldn't work. It wouldn't have worked. And they would have killed their only person that was immune. Yeah. So stupid. And do you want to talk about like Joel's maybe decision and what he was thinking? I will say I identified more with Joel. I feel like in his position, although I did say, ooh, that's a lot of murder. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like you killed the human race there. (laughs) But I, I honestly, like in this world, she was kind of what, like he was the only thing that, she was the only thing that he had, right? And I'm not a parent, so I feel like this game would probably hit so different if I was. But I know that your psychology and stuff is just wired in a way that you protect your kids at all costs. Like, right? And that's just what his mindset was in is Mm -hmm. I have to protect my kid, essentially. And I think it was the right choice, too. Because at the same time, like, they didn't give her a choice. They didn't ask. They didn't let him talk to her Mm -hmm. or say goodbye or do anything. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fucked up. It's super fucked up. Yeah. And I get it. So I don't know if you had other thoughts, but No, I think that I I think I I I agree with you and I I think the thing that was so interesting to me was I the choice he made had we didn't know that the doctors were apparently totally just like idiots well but you know that that's bad science you know that it's bad science i i i just i don't think he was thinking about the fact that the science was bad no yeah like i he wasn't he made and we might be overthinking it yeah well no i don't know i feel i feel very correct here it's fine i i think he made the wrong right choice for the wrong reason totally and i think he was right but I don't think wrong that he reasons. Made, yeah, yes. exactly. Agree. He, he wasn't doing it because he's like, this is clearly stupid. Who would kill this person as soon as they got them? Like, that's just dumb. But I'm glad that he did it. Yeah. Because I think it was right. I don't think they would have ever made a vaccine with Ellie dead. I don't think they would have done it. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I agree. I also wonder how old the doctor was because I was like, this has been going on for 20 years. Did he go to med school? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? I was like, where are his credentials before we cut this brain open? Thanks. You go down the elevator. Marlene's begging him. He kills Marlene Mm -hmm. because, well, he shoots her. And she's like, no, like, keep me alive. And he's like, you're just going to come after her and fucking murders her. That scene was brutal. Also true, though. (laughs) And I mean, it shows how far he's willing to go to keep Ellie safe, right? It wasn't enough to get her out. It was enough to make sure Marlene couldn't come after her again. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to them going back to the town where Tommy is. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Oh, thank God. Best decision he's made yeah. the whole game. I know. I was like, why'd you leave? <laughs> and they have a really good scene, the last scene, where mm-hmm. Ellie stops him for a second and is like, so essentially what Joel says when Ellie wakes up, because she had been passed out, Yeah, is he's like, oh, they actually didn't need you. They found multiple other people who weren't infected and they, they didn't need you anymore. So we're going home. Which he's fucking shitty for saying that. I still am mad at him for saying that. Yeah. I it, it took away it her feeling of being like she thought her life had a purpose and he pretty much just like took it away with one oh, eye. I don't think that 
I think it's more just that at this point they had built up so much trust that it, it was breaking that trust a little bit. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It felt so sad that he would just take that away. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like he was taking away purpose. I think he was, I still just don't think that's how you parent. Mm-hmm. Avoiding things is not like the best. Yeah. He doesn't have great coping skills. <laughs> no. She's like, swear to me that, that that's true. And mm-hmm. he's like, I swear. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Your credits roll and you're like, fuck. Yeah. No! Well, and she says like, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so much like behind that okay, and I still don't know what it means. I don't think she believes it, I... but I think she wants to believe it. Yeah, I think that okay is choosing to be like, okay, I'm just gonna let it be okay, you know? Yeah. Because I think it would be too hard for her to live with being mad at him. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe we'll find out mm-hmm. in part two what was behind the okay. I'm, I'm really, I now want to play Last of Us part two. I'm like excited for it. And that that's the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so things that I loved, the story, mm-hmm. my God, mm-hmm. great story. The only critique I had on the story, which is interesting that you played it kind of different. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was forcing me to clear the room oh. as in like murder people mm-hmm. a lot. And I kind of wish I didn't have to murder people a lot. Mm -hmm. So there's one scene in particular that I was feeling really yucky about Mm -hmm. where you come upon some guys in a convenience store and they're just chatting and one of them's like, oh, I'm going to like cook you bacon and... Oh. And the dude is like, oh, well, I've never tried bacon before. And he's like, oh, dude, it's the best. And then you kind of go and you murder them. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, that felt bad. Yeah. They were just, they're also just trying to survive, yeah. right? Yeah. That's kind of how I felt about the whole group in Philly. I think all the hunters in Philly. Like, well, but they, they had were... an armored car with like a woman strapped yeah, to it. Yeah, but I mean, some of them obviously were terrible yes. people. But I'm sure there were people in that group who were literally just like yes. trying to live. Well, Philly you know is where I mean? that convenience yeah. store was. Oh. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The music was great. I really enjoyed the the gameplay. I think that purposefully making resources scarce added so much to the yeah. feel of it. I thought I thought it was but it was a right balance. I thought it was the right balance between finding stuff and not finding stuff. Yeah. There wasn't a moment where I felt like quitting the game because resources were so scarce. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I have played Resident Evil where I felt that way, where mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? Did you play on moderate? Like the normal. default one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. normal. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because I know that the item drops vary based on the difficulty level. Oh. Yeah. And so on the moderate, I also played on moderate, and I agree with you. The, the drops to me felt like a super nice balance. But yeah. apparently the higher you play, the less drops you get. And That probably, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then the graphics were were really pretty. Mm-hmm. So I just I loved the 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 art design, I guess, and the music together to yeah. create the atmosphere. You'll have to look at some of the comparisons between the remastered and the part. I'm one. super interested. It was yeah. like gorgeous. On the remastered one was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe that was made in 2014. Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me based on I tried to look at before and afters of some of them before I bought it because I just wanted to see how different it was. And it looked like so much was the character model and then the lighting were like mm-hmm. the two really big ones because lighting is like super computationally expensive in like 3D games. Mm. And so um, the advancement in tech really helped with make the lighting a lot more interesting. Cool. And so there are a few scenes where you can see like before and afters of the ambient lighting because the game was mostly ambient lighting because there was no electricity anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you can see like the difference between like this harsh kind of light just shining on the whole thing versus really like nice 
a depth of like shadows and stuff cool. over different elements of it. So you should take a yeah. peek at some of it because it's, it's really I will. Cool. Yeah. Okay. What did you like about it? So one, I thought that the depth of the story and the depth of the characters and the character arcs themselves, mm-hmm. I love. It really did feel like I was watching a movie. Yeah. And the fact that they ended up making the TV show about it, I I 100% see why they did that. Because literally playing it, I was like, I'm in a movie right now. And so that's like my number one in just the writing, the execution of the voice acting, Mm -hmm. the subtle nuance of the acting. None of it felt like a video game. And I say that with the highest praise possible. Yeah. Like, so many of the games that you watch the cutscenes, it's like really robotic. And you can just tell totally. that you're watching a, a video game while it's happening. The other kind of things I liked were the, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but the additional flavor that they gave to the world around it. It really felt like the world was a character. Mm-hmm. Um, you see how nature has overrun it. Mm-hmm. And I read some article. I'll make sure that I can dig it up so that we can link it. I, I think it was an article. Maybe it was a documentary um, that they actually used a book um, that actually maybe I can find the notes on. But they used a book to base their reasoning behind the nature overrunning the world and oh, how like would actually do it. like it was actually like thought through on how would cool. nature impact the world oh yeah here it is the world without us was the book that cool. inspired it um and it's uh it was in that documentary mm-hmm. but apparently what it talked about was how um in new york city the water they pump out of the subway like every day and so when you all of a sudden don't have those systems in place anymore everything floods because they're not pumping the water out anymore and then when things flood it starts to like create cracks and like foundations and then plants grow through those and then once those plants grow through then the sinkholes fill with water and then the sinkholes fill with water and then the buildings topple over and then they you know and so there's like this whole ecosystem that they have thought through on like why did that brick building lean to the left and like fall out the way that it did with the plants growing there and so i just so much thought exactly you could tell how much love that the creators and every single aspect of this like wanted to build this world so those are my favorites um oh i also um appreciated how realistic the cordyceps like vi- not virus, but the cordyceps pandemic was because mm. um, they base that off of actual real cordyceps who take over fucking ant corpses, yeah, which is disgusting and creepy. And so I, I just appreciated that. Yeah. Things that I didn't like because I did the stealth mode, there were times where it was really slow for me. Yeah. And I wanted to just blast through it. But it felt like whenever I blasted through it, I always died. So I always ended up stealthing. Mm. And it made the game really slow in some parts for me where I just wanted to get through it to see the next cutscene, which is yeah. terrible. The UI bug of not being able to see the actual thing selected was just a travesty. Yeah. And I... That's rough. And I think on top of all of that, I don't have really any other criticism that I could give it for just like the normal person. I think for me particularly, I get really high anxiety playing games like this. Mm-hmm. And so there were some situations where I was so stressed out yeah. that I just wanted to quit and be done with it. I like 
the the hotel basement, the sewer, um, oh, all of like like where you fall in the elevator. Yeah, <gasps> oh, it was that part so it much. Was so awful and so scary. I just the amount of anxiety that I had while playing through some of these scenes made me a little bit nauseous sometimes. Where I was like, I just want to be done. I just want to be done. I just want to be done. And so I think if I was gonna talk about like a thing that I didn't like, they did the anxiety stuff really well mm-hmm. for me. It was a little too much more than what I would have wanted. Yeah. But they did a beautiful, amazing job at it, obviously. Yeah. And that's why I'm making Chris play the second one so I can watch because I still want to see what happens. Yeah. And they do Seattle and, and Last of Us Part Two. And oh, cool. With their beautiful landscapes, I want to see what they do with Seattle. Yeah. So like, I'm going to do the second one and see it. But I, it was just the anxiety was really high for me yeah. the whole time. Yep. I didn't love the quick time events, which I already talked about. Yeah. I didn't love the quote unquote puzzles, which we kind of touched on. Yeah, they were not great. It felt time wasting to me. Yeah. It it felt like a puzzle for the sake of wanting you to just not walk through that area. Yeah. And I'd rather just walk. I'd rather walk. But I think this was before walking simulators got more respect. They felt like you had to be doing you something. You have the whole to time. do something. Yeah. And I hated the diving. I hated it. Was it because you hate it because it was creepy or just a bad mechanic? I just don't like diving. Mm -hmm. I just didn't like the diving. You could barely see. Yeah. It wasn't really clear what you were supposed to be doing when you dove. I got lost a lot. Yeah. I didn't like that part. And it was really repetitive. Yeah. There was one puzzle where I chose to dive and apparently there was a really easy solution to it. And I dove and went and found these like three other hidden rooms and then made my way back and solved the puzzle because I thought that that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. They distract you. Yeah. 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 Um, And then the other only complaint that I had was that the drops of the ammo, Mm -hmm. the ammo that it chose to drop sometimes felt very random. Oh. in a way that I didn't love. Like it kept, it felt like it was purposefully trying to get me to use guns that I didn't use very often. Oh, that's so interesting that you say that because I feel like I had the opposite experience. Weird. Okay, so like I, my mains were the hunting rifle and the pistol and mm-hmm. the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. I had no trouble with the flamethrower drops, but for some reason the pistol, I barely got any ammo for my pistol the whole game. Mm-hmm. It kept giving me ammo for the shorty Oh, okay. See, that's so interesting because I ma- I mained with the shorty and with the uh, rifle and with the other big shotgun. Yeah. And it felt like I would run out of ammo of those all the time. And so I would put them away and get the other stuff out so that I would make sure to have bullets. Yeah. And it would only give me the shit or give me bullets for like the shit that I had out at the time. And so I never got more bullets for the stuff I wanted to use, even though they were empty. I don't know. It, did, I was it just felt like, like it was the opposite of what I wanted the whole time. Yes. Which yeah. was your experience. I don't know why. It just yeah. felt like it was the opposite of what I wanted. Yep. Yeah. So totally. I forgot about that. Yep. Okay. Oh. What a good game, though. It was really good. Overall. I was What's so your rating? emotional. Gosh. So, this is hard. Am I going to get beat up for this? I'm going to say four out of five. Okay. And I'm saying it. this is because it's a Bridget rating and not because, and because I'm not, like, giving a general consensus rating beautiful amazing game every single person should play it if they can go through it there's like a story mode you should do that one if you don't feel like you can yeah you know but for me four out of five just because i really don't do well with the anxiety stuff um so four out of five for me but everything was perfect about it the the devs did a beautiful job yeah five out of five for me (laughs) i i loved it i i get what you're saying for sure i felt a lot of anxiety as well but it was just such a good game i just so good I could not give it anything but a five mm-hmm. out of five. 
We play a lot of five out of five games on this we podcast. We do. Maybe we should pick some like bad ones next <laughs> to see if we can get some more judgment up in here. Yeah. And oh, and, and I do recommend it. Oh, I totally recommend it. Yeah. As long as you can make it through the like horror aspect totally of it. it's definitely a horror game i bet there's a there's a version of this where you can watch the cutscenes. yeah i think there's a there's supposed to be something like that and if not i'm sure you can find it on youtube yeah yeah totally all right we're gonna stop it here mm-hmm. because the game was just <laughs> we had so much to say and we're gonna talk about the show in the next one which will be in a week mm-hmm. so given that Thank you for listening to our podcast. Mm-hmm. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe and rate it so the algorithm gods are in our favor. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Baddie Breakdowns and visit our website at baddiebreakdowns.com, made by the lovely Bridget Keene. The podcast art was done by Tanisha Vernicar, and it was edited by me, Maddie Wisnat. Join us next time to hear us two baddies break down The Last of Us. TV show version. <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs>